Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, actually, Brent, I'm gonna kick this over to you. You I think we both maybe just met uh, this seemingly wonderful gentleman, but but you brought him to the show, so I'll let you introduce him. Yeah, um, this is uh, on Kara's request. She thought we should have Anthony on the show. She, she, they're really good friends. They're online friends. Um, and maybe you could talk a little bit about how you and my wife have met. And that would be an interesting story as well. Um, yeah, this, this, this is, uh, this is, this is, I guess I'll call, call him my buddy. This is my buddy, <laughs> Anthony. I think we've met one of, at least once, maybe a couple times throughout, but you know, quarantine, everything kind of runs together. Yes. True. And that's kind of where it all started so thank you guys for having me this is yeah. this is a lot of fun when Kara reached out I was like yes <laughs> like at first I was like horror movies not usually my wheelhouse but then I backed it up and I thought hold on there are a few exceptions to this rule yeah and let's you know let's let's hop on board because this will be fun but yeah Kara and I met picture it I think it was like April of 2020 nobody was going anywhere and um one of the the interests that I have had for a long time was a TV show Survivor. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a, a Survivor Facebook fan page. Somebody had posted, hey, I'm looking to have a game of Survivor played by people from home. And I was like, actually, that sounds amazing. Like, <laughs> let's do that, you know? Like, <laughs> But then, like, you think back to Survivor. Like, the premise is people interact and then eventually vote each other out. So it's like, nobody's going anywhere. Nobody has interaction with anybody. But I'm going to vote people out. That's what I'm going to seek to do. <laughs> In this, you know, scenario of um, quarantine, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kara, I, Kara and I have never played the same cycle, I'll say. I think we can't call it a season. It's not CBS here. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we played on different cycles. Um, and, and, yeah, that it, we just kind of hit it off. Like, we both had a lot in common as far as the teaching. I'm a teacher as well. Brent, I know you are. Corey, are you? I'm not. My, my wife works in a school. She's a school social worker. So... Got you. Yeah. yeah. And, and the rest is history. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. And will you, Anthony, will you describe, because Brent's told me a little bit about this. I, I find this very interesting and it's, it's a very foreign concept to me. So. But it was me explaining it to him and I'm awful at shit like that. That's why I was hoping. Yeah. And, and tell the folks at home, listen, tell the, tell the 10 to 12 people listening to this podcast, <laughs> but maybe you 
experience. We don't so, have a ton of time if you don't want to. But. No, no, no. I mean, honestly, the people who put it together, if they're listening, you know, did a great job. Um, I love, like one challenge, you'd have immunity challenges earlier on. And um, one of the challenges was a was a relay of uh, what we call the tissue toss. So you'd, you'd stick the cup six feet away from you. Here's my tape measure. The cup is definitely six you know, feet away from me. I would go and then, you know, Brent, if you were next up, then you would you would go after I got my tissue in. And then whichever team got it in first, boom, there's an immunity challenge or, you know, immunity win. Um, or, you know, a lot of trivia, things like that. So they were really super creative about it. And if there was like a, um, uh, there was an audience aspect of it as well, where I think they would post clips to their Facebook page of like the challenges or com- maybe even conversations that people had. Yeah. So deeper, like, all right, I played the first cycle of this particular game, and you know it was very bare bones. And uh, but as people, uh, those players in particular, we were like, okay, no, we, we're not done with this. So we would mod, so to speak, moderate the conversation that happened, and then eventually, like we would say, like, oh, hold on, Kara and Corey are talking, and they're planning on X, Y, and Z, and so there would be some kind of narrative that happened afterwards. So. It was honestly and truly like a really great way to keep the mind active during uh, the COVID quarantine. Um, You know, meet new people, especially when, you know, you really couldn't see the people that you wanted to see anyway. And um, (laughs) just kind of be in that kind of, you know, social social mode. I I loved it. I really did. And if if it wasn't for quarantine, like... I I feel like Kara and I would have had some like arguments even or something like, yeah. but it was totally fine. Like, because, like I just would have if she would have been all in if it was like a normal world. Like she would have been like so like I don't know like disbanded from our family. But because of what we were all just home all the time anyway, she could have like text conversations. Like I think it was or, or little video chats with people like throughout the day, twenty four hours a day every mm-hmm. day. And that's easy. what it turned into. Like, you had to be really careful or else, yeah. like, that was it. You know, you, you would lose yourself to it. So, so like, she told yeah. me that there was, like, a guy that was, like, in the Air Force or something like that who promised his wife he wasn't going to do it. <laughs> and he did it anyway. <laughs> what? That might have been. And, like, he was, like, hiding it from her. And, like, uh-huh. he was, like, on his base, like, like <laughs> secretly playing. Not even on his base. He would just be in the car driving around his town. And then the one time oh, there was yeah. tribal council... The guy showed up in the shower, like that, that, like, and you saw the camera, like he was like, "Ah, oh, here I am." And we're like, "What? Like, this is how much you're hiding this for?" He he joked that it was, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, he's like, as if I keep playing this game, I'm going to be winding up on a uh, angry wife island, uh, which was oh, yeah. a story. Yeah, <laughs> actually, really sad. He actually passed away really sudden. That guy. Oh but, um, shit! I forgot yeah. about that. Respect. Yeah, really, I'm sorry. Really no, no, no. Much respect to him. He was a great guy. He was a great, great guy. Yeah, that's you, you know what, but it's really it's like really a secret. He faked his own death so he could just play more Survivor. Well, there's like a real. I mean, they call them because it's not just Survivor. Like people come up with these games of like the Big Brother format or the Mole, and they're called like online reality games. And you have to be careful because they actually call them and refer to them as orgs. So, like, if you're not careful, that's going to sound like something that it's not, you know? <laughs> like, I played this org. I played in this org, you know? So, um, but, yeah. but it's a crazy, crazy, not crazy, crazy, but, like, it's a really interesting world because there is this whole population of a couple thousand people, I would say, who, who are into it and will play these games over and over and over again. Yeah. Huh. That's fat. That's fascinating. <laughs> 
is. Kara got Kara got into the final two when she played, and I I like jumped online and just out, just out of like out of I don't just like out of a husbandly duty like watched her final tribal council like on my on my computer <laughs> just, just, like, like i would show up to like her reci- piano recital or something. <laughs> i mean did you watch her the entire season because kara was one of these people everybody wanted to work with Cara. like it was fascinating to watch like everybody was like i think i'm good with kara i think kara's good with me like at, there was one game where she played and every single person on that tribe thought that she was her she was their closest ally it was it was i mean like she's good captivating she's really really good yeah and to answer your question no i did not i did not yeah. purpose because because i could i could have like helped her you know cheat and stuff right like right, right so i was yeah. like real like yeah, real flat, and like she would tell me about things, but yeah. and then like look at stuff. Yeah, I'm sure they appreciated that because they were because that was the other thing. There were some cheaters that they ca- that yeah. they caught. Like I think in, like Kara played a game, and like halfway through, it became very evident that somebody was uh, doing that, and they called him out and they booted his ass. Yeah, yeah, they were put they were putting like um like information that. Well, how'd they get him? They like they. This they, was they, they a sting operation. A sting operation. operation. Yeah. What? So what they did was, oh my god! Like for an okay, online, so there's a guy. There's there a there's a guy playing the game, and his friend would be watching the uh, as an audience member. You, you know, watching like the conversations people were having. Like, let's build this guy out. Let's do that. And he would feed that information to his buddy. I, I so bet that'd be so. All of this. I bet I bet that'd be so easy to do. Yeah, well, it, it is, and that's but but the more you start to pick up on it, like this guy clearly had an inclination of what was going on that he should not have had, like right. who was working with who, or you know, they're they're what they call hidden immunity idols, and who had them, and so the guy running the game came up with this plan: we're going to do a challenge where every person who has been voted out of the game uh, since the start is going to give a trivia fact about themselves. So, but what he did was because. He, he took that list and then posted on what they call the spectator site that the contestants are not supposed to be on. So contestants yes. are not supposed to see this information. And he took all of those facts that they gave and they and he um, mixed them up. Like he, he mismatched the facts with the people that they gave him. So it, like if Brent gave one fact, he might have put, you know, Brent's fact on your, on your name, Corey. Uh-huh. Posted that list of fake facts and the guy nearly got a perfect score or did very, very well based on the fake facts. And that's how they got him. Like this whole sting operation at this at home game. Like, I mean, playing as though there's like major, major money at stake. And like, (laughs) what are you winning? Like, there's nothing, you know? So yeah. 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 You're you're winning, you're winning like entertainment away from the plague. So, so what have you been up to lately? Uh, Not too much. I live, uh, I live on Long Island, which, you know, and, I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, for, uh, <laughs> I've been there. Uh, you're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's when I tell you, I don't think we've seen sun since days ago. Like it's been pretty bad, but um, you know, just trying to do my thing. You know, it's January. It's cold. Nobody can do anything. It's fine. You know, so kind of like quarantine, just without the survival. Then <laughs> <laughs> I gotta work. That's it. You know. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. And you said you yeah. you work in a school. Did you say you're a teacher? Yeah, I teach high school band. Band. Oh, nice. Nice. That's what I was a band. You know, I was a band kid. I played the tenor saxophone in middle school, and then, and then, like the first day of high school band, our band teacher was like, "I I need a tuba. Who wants to play a tuba? I need a tuba player. Somebody raise your hand and play a tuba." 
And I was like, he was also from Long Island. He was, <laughs> I, you know, I think he was, he was like East coast somewhere, maybe Long Island. Um, but he, but I was like, but I didn't even want to play the sax in the first place. I wanted to play the drums. And my middle school teacher was like, Oh, we got too many drummers. I need a, who wants to play a saxophone? You play a saxophone. I was like, Oh, sh- okay. So like, <laughs> so then like the first day of, of high school band class, I was like, yeah, shit, I'll play a tuba, whatever. So I was like one of just a couple tuba players my freshman year, my sophomore year, my junior year. And then during that time, I also fell in love with theater. So my senior year, there was a a theater class I really wanted to take that was only offered at the exact same time as my band class. And I was like, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm really feeling theater. I'm not really feeling band. I'm just going to drop band and take this theater class. Right. I didn't think much of it. I was like, whatever. No big deal. Well, I remember I ran into my band instructor and in always like, Corey, what the hell? You're my tuba guy. I don't have a tuba now. You're supposed to be the tuba guy. I don't have a bass. Set. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't realize. I was like, yeah, I guess that my yeah, I guess that's a big deal for you. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is the story of my life. Like it's only January, but they're already doing scheduling for next year. And I've had like two, and for good reason. Like I had a really, really, really good kid this week come up to me and say, "Mr. B, there's there's this program we offer, like an electrician training program." He's like, "If I do that, I can't do bad." And I was like, "I can't even be mad at that." Like, right. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're doing good for yourself, but like that's just it. But like, all right, so this kid's uh, he was a tenor sax player, and I was like, "What am I going to do with that section?" So it is, it's it's tough. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I like, I, I, and as a kid, you know, I think it's like, I didn't even think about it at the point, but I like thinking that I told you that and now in the back of your mind, you're like this fucking guy. Like, I mean, I just picked up my glass of wine, so I get it. Like, it, that's you're exactly right. Yep, <laughs> a little stress inducing, you know. Yeah. What are you gonna do? We roll with it. We make stuff happen. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you wanna? Uh, so we're tonight. We're gonna talk about what year was it? Nineteen sixty-eight. Rosemary's Baby. So Anthony, which I have to say, this is the first movie we've done. We're almost almost two years, and we're over a year and a half into this show. And this is the first movie from the '60s that we've done, yeah. which is oh, weird. Wow. So we've done, you know, we did we've done a couple movies from the '50s, we've done movies from the '70s, and all, but we have not done a movie from the 1960s. Um, mm-hmm. But so, Anthony, tell us a little bit about this movie, kind of what it means to you, and why you were interested in, uh, you know, discussing this with us. So, Rosemary's Baby. Let me go back. Speaking of high school, as a <laughs> senior in high school, um, knowing full well I was going to do music. First period of the day, I needed a science, or so I thought, on my transcript, and I was going to take intro to engineering. And similar to your story, the first day of school, I was like, oh my God, this is so not for me. Now, I was a senior, I had my own car, and I went home and I was like, look, like, I want off first period. My parents were like, nope, you have to drive your sister to school, you can't have off first period. So I was like, all right, what else is there available? And film studies was available. So this this was a movie that I had seen in high school film studies with the teacher. Um, you know, she was she was she was very into like I would I would venture to bet she went to Woodstock like this kind of you know um, <laughs> teacher. I think she you know it was two thousand five. She was like one kid who had his iPad iPad Nano out away from retirement. Like she was ready to go, and she would just put the movie on and we watch maybe we talk about it and that was it but this was one where i was like oh my god this movie is like so like just chock full of everything (laughs) and there's 
I know that entertains you. It's not for, but I'm glad. See, there's something for everybody in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, school, what better way to get high school kids? <laughs> <laughs> this movie has everything. Like a Stefan. Yeah, <laughs> but but this was the one. Okay, yes, there's the 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 um, of course a storyline. But I know growing you know growing up, this was like one of the first movies that I had seen. I was like, oh my god, there's so much more to a movie than just a character and a storyline. Like there's a whole lot of Easter eggs in this one. There's a, there's a whole color scheme to go by. There's a whole lot of of, of you know. You know, I, I, I by no means am a film person, but like cinematography where you like, oh, I see what they're doing here. And and so for me, that's what kind of drew me in. The story goes that she is, um, you know, impregnated by the devil, basically raped by the devil and and and, and is uh, the devil's mother, you know, um, and, and she's coerced by neighbors in this building that she wants to live in. Eventually, her husband is in on the whole thing. So it's, it's a very interesting you know, and, and storyline from start to finish. Um, and it kind of goes back a lot to what uh, your guest said on a previous episode about Serial Mom. Serial Mom, uh, yeah. About, yeah, yeah, what was it? Isolated Housewife Syndrome or, or Deserted Housewife Syndrome? Like, big time um, in that. So um, this is one that, and every time I watch it, I see something new, and I just, it's, it's, I, it's a good one. It's a really, really good one. Yeah. I no, I absolutely agree, and I I had not seen this movie before, and it's one of those movies like it's such a classic. You're like, I I don't know, like there's a handful of movies you're like everybody's heard of, everybody's seen it, whatever. But there are also like a number of those movies where I just have never gotten around to watching it, and mm-hmm. and I feel like uh, it's like when I watched Citizen Kane, right, a few a mm-hmm. handful of years ago. Like I watched Citizen Kane, and I was like, okay, yeah, I mean it's not my favorite movie, but like. It's, I see what the big deal is. Like, I see, I get it. I get what everybody's talking about, you know? And, um, and with Rosemary's, and I just a very quick disclaimer here, cause I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this. Uh, the movie's great. It's beautifully directed. It's gorgeous. It's a great movie. Uh, which, uh, you know, I want to make sure we separate the art from the artist a little bit here. Roman, okay, yeah. Roman Polanski. Yeah. He's a child rapist, son of a bitch, right? <laughs> Fuck that guy. But he's a, yeah. he's a, he's you know we're, he's a talented director, and we're gonna have to talk about that. But the person, in, but fuck that guy also at the same time, you know. Uh, so, but anyway, but no, so but the movie, I mean, yeah, it's just gorgeous. And 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 when I watched it, I was like, okay, I get, yeah, I totally get why this is a classic, why so many people love it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. The way they treat her as she's like becoming more and more sickly. It's just, it's just awful. Like they, they, they say, like the worst thing. Like, you look like a piece of chalk. Like one person said. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. well, and I, and I think you know, I don't, I don't know where, when this term came about or how old this term is, but I think you know, uh, like the term gaslighting comes to mind. Like she's yeah. ga- she's gaslit the like the whole movie and every, and it's an interesting. And again, like again, you know, we said, you know. Fuck Roman Polanski and interest and, and everything. But it's almost interesting how like kind of the same thing with Josh Whedon, like how you can have I don't know, just how some somebody like that is able to explore, you know, because there are a lot of very like feminist themes in this movie. It deals with the isolation of of Rosemary and you know, the way that women are ignored and and particularly by their doctors and you know, people don't 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 listen to them or take them as seriously, you know. And it's interesting how somebody can explore those themes so well and also be a fucking child rapist at the same time. You know, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. 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 Ugh. 
That's all I have to well, say about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> and you can separate stuff. I'll be honest, I, I because I'm, I'm a humorist. I, I like, I like comedy a lot. I bought Louis C.K.'s most recent stand-up routine for five dollars mm-hmm. off of his website, just so I could like watch it and and see some more comedy. Yeah. Well, and, after everything went down with him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, and he, he, yeah. No one will ever like probably um, produce a, a, a stand-up routine he'll that he comes up with in the future. But like, I'm against everything that he's that he's done in his personal life. It's awful. But there's this idea that as a humorist, I need to see where comedy is going. I have a, I have a big drive to do that. So it, it was worth it to me to keep, put five dollars down. You know, you can say what you will about me, but I still did it. <laughs> well, and oh, well, that's and, and Louis C.K. Like he's another because like some of the most memorable, like some of my favorite stand-up bits, and before all of this happened. You know, I, I, I probably would have said he's one of my favorite stand-up comedians. And one of the things I love about him is his ability to bring people on board. And oh, there was some joke. I don't, I'm not going to remember the specifics of it. But to get, but he would get the audience to come along with him and make these really great points. And people would almost have to agree with him or even in spite of themselves sometimes because he would get them. To, he was like, OK, you agree with me this far. Yes. OK, we're going to go a little bit farther. So like some of my favorite, some of what I think are the most brilliant, poignant, like deepest comedy bits I've ever seen in stand up comedy are Louis C.K. And then all of that shit went down. And I'm like, and again, it's like, well, I'm not going to be. I'll be reminded of those bits or I'll think of them or something. will be like, Oh yeah. I remember that brilliant bit Louis CK did. I'm not going to yeah. mention it or reference it or bring it up, yeah. but it's, but, but it's still it, like great stand up, you know? It's a sense of betrayal too. Like, Oh, like a hero betrayed you. Just like, I'm sure Polanski did that to so many people who like, you know, who, he was their favorite director. And then suddenly it's like, like, what do I do? You know, I spent all my, I wrote my thesis about his movies. You know, right. I think I, 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 from what I read and from what I hear, I um, think that something similar is going on in like the um, wrestling entertainment fandom right now, where Vince McMahon, who had done all these nasty things and, you know, pretty unsavory things like, enter, like wrestling entertainers live on TV was pretty much banned. But now he won't, as I understand it, he will not okay any like publicity um, because he still owns it. So he's still like kind of taking it by the reins. But the fandom is kind of having a hard time like trying to to navigate like, okay, we like it, but we don't like him. It's a really it's a really tough act to, to balance. Yeah. It's interesting. Well yeah, and, and that's why sure. you know, and, and people and I like that saying like don't meet your heroes, but I'm almost like I don't even I, I think maybe like don't have heroes. I don't like, I don't know. Cause everybody's like a fallible human being with like, yeah. I don't know. Everybody's going to do like shit. Like, you know, pro- hopefully not to the extent of being a <laughs> child rapist, but uh, right. I want to, I don't but know. I want to like an on-screen persona, you know, right. like, you, but like any rock star, a stage persona, you know, whatever they're different. Everyone's different. And it's not going to be, it's not going to live up to your expectations at all. If that's all, all you see is the, is the entertainer. Right. Well, which is, which is, you know, I think there's a, a danger in like when you like something or you like somebody's book or music or movie or 
political position or anything as being like, oh, I like what they're saying here. Therefore, they must be a great person and I love that person. It's like, no, 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 no. You can you can appreciate what they're saying here, but yeah. you you don't actually know that person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard, especially when you think that you do getting to know them through whatever scope that you're getting to know them from. Yeah. Yeah. Like we all thought Guy was a great guy. We thought we all <laughs> but he sold his fucking soul to the devil. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Anthony had a look. It seemed like Anthony maybe knew from the top that that that, that guy was not a great guy. You know what it was? There were little things like because we were, you know, I was watching it with my husband, and we were like, "Is this guy really good? Like, is he? You know, from the what did he? There were little comments about like, um, oh, what what happened earlier? Well, I mean, it's it's basically loveless. Like, you see this when they first moved in, and there's like no, you know, they, again, like the directing. Nothing in the way of background music when 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 they become you know intimate, um, and it's just it, 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 what was the moment where um, oh like oh something's always a problem something like he makes comments like that where it's like ooh I don't like this guy you yeah. know um, so I don't know the little things like that but by that same token like is like you can buy it for a little bit because there's this age difference clearly between the two of them between Guy and, and Rosemary and they just do such a good job of infantilizing her. Like yeah. between the baby doll dresses, between like even the scene where they meet the neighbors and he brings over the tray of uh, cocktails where she like gets up as if to be eager. And he says, no, no, no. And she's back down. She's like, Ooh, you know, with this little like grin as if to say like, I want that, you know, from start to finish, she's just like a kid. There is nothing adult about this character. Despite yeah. the fact. Spidal that, says soon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. yeah interesting well and i thought i think you kind of briefly touched on this anthony but they're man the scene where they're like having dinner on the floor right when they're moving in and and she's like let's make love and then he just like immediately starts taking his clothes off and she takes her clothes off like separate like he's on his side she's on her side they both fully stripped down and i don't know i was like that's so odd. She's like, let's make love. And they're like, okay, close off time. Like, I don't, it's very, it's like very utilitarian. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. They should be having like crazy monkey sex. Like, they should just like, insane. You have no furniture. There, it's anarchy in this place. Right. <laughs> right. But I don't know. It's just very, I don't know. Like, let's make love. Okay. Shirt comes off. Now unbuckle pants. It's like, <laughs> what? Step three. Step, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like if it was his POV, his point of view, it'd be like in the movie Terminator with like check marks, like <laughs> digital check marks, like shirt, remove pants. Yeah. She, yeah. She's like, she's like, let's make love. And he gets a list of options like, okay, yeah, sure. Fuck you, asshole. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it strikes it out. Yeah. Crazy monkey sex, and like a line goes through it. <laughs> but I also, I also want to talk about a little bit before that. Their their friend, who's maybe also their landlord, Hutch. Was he their landlord yeah. before they got the new place, or was yes. he just a friend? Uh, no, he was. I believe he was the landlord. That's the impression I got. Yeah, you know. And then I went back because this I don't. You know, we haven't mentioned yet is the whole movie's based on a novel by mm-hmm. Ira Levin, Rosemary's yeah. Baby. And in the book, 
Um, she actually is living uh, with in the Hutchins building. Actually, now that you mentioned, I can't remember. But she was with a roommate in that building, okay. and then. Like, it's mentioned, like, he was kind of their mentor and anything that he needed, yeah, that they needed, he could, they could go to him for. Or, like, um, he gave an, um, uh, a gift to Rosemary with a bag with cash in it, you know, as if to say, like, now, you know, go be careful and here's some, you know, extra little bit that you need, just like a good father or grandfather would. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't in the in the book in the movie I think he was the landlord I can't I can't remember that's that's the impression I got I I don't think it's said explicitly but I I definitely got the vibe that they were like moving out of his place because he's because mm-hmm. he's warning them against the Bram what's it called the Bramford um, because of its sordid history but he also mm-hmm. seems to not want them to like move out of wherever they are which seems to be maybe his place. I don't know. Um, but then, but anyway, I was like, at first he struck me as their landlord and I was like, I've never had a landlord who like would invite me over. I would chill with him and he would cook me the biggest piece of like delicious looking fucking meat I've ever seen. I was like, you know, I need a landlord landlord like that, you know? Yeah. 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 Kara and I were like told we, we had no idea through the whole movie who that fuck he is. We were like, what? (laughs) What, is he just a friend or what? What is he? Okay, that makes more sense then. Yeah. So he was their pre. He was her previous landlord. In the in the book, oh shoot, I think so. I can't remember. Okay. But in the book, it was just her and a roommate. It wasn't, you know, she wasn't living with a guy at all. Yeah. Okay. Book, up until then. So, oh, yeah. and then okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I want to mention real quick that uh, that Hutch is played by Maurice Evans, who. Uh, apparently was Dr. Zayas in Planet of the Apes, which I, I've nice. watched I've watched Planet of the Apes. It's been a long time, whatever. But I mostly that really rings uh, an episode of The Simpsons the, where they do the Planet of the Apes musical. <laughs> Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. I remember that. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Can I play I the bet- piano? Oh, that you know, you're. I bet you're right. That sounds like he a did Conan. monorail, so I bet he did that. That sounds that like sounds a Conan like the same time. <laughs> yeah. But well, and the 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 guy uh, guy. I didn't realize this. I was just doing research before we started recording. John Cassavetes apparently is like a well-known director. Like he took his money from acting and became like an an independent director and did all these. Um, movies but also his children are all directors and have directed various stuff uh including his son nick cassavetes who directed john q with denzel washington alpha dog with justin timberlake and uh the the notebook the devil Uh, in the meanwhile brent and i can come up with anagrams for our own names so far i have So far, I have um, Harry Band Funton, but that's, I don't even know what a Funton is. There you go. <laughs> that's yours? That's one for you? <laughs> it's one right now. I'm working on it right now. I don't know. I love uh, it. <laughs> Do people ever call you Bandofino? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay. A Harry Foot Band. There we go. There's one for me. Uh <laughs> What's your what strategy? You, How do you? What's your strategy for creating anagrams? Okay, this is a survivor thing. 
this goes back to whole describing things uh, and some of the challenges you would have to unscramble words. And yeah. what you would do is put everything in a circle so you don't see it in a line. But this way, the brain, you kind of, you know, um, the way it's organized, your brain will see everything kind of at one rather than oh, cool. linearly. Uh, yeah. I've played you, a cell phone game like that to create words. Mm-hmm. Wordscapes, you, maybe. Do you, okay. do, you ever, do you ever use the Scrabble tiles? I mean, I wanted to now. <laughs> after that scene that was something you know you're gonna so. open up a portal to hell anthony <laughs> you put a circle of scrabble tiles down to start yeah. making up shit it's like it's like manual ouija board you know? <laughs> oh i mean so scrabble was a game show in the 80s i would only want that like that was yeah. chuck woolery hosted it yeah so oh, wow. yeah so open the portal and like here's chuck woolery you're like hello welcome to you know hell that's what i want chuck woolery yeah. welcoming <laughs> me to hell yeah. yeah believe it or not i got here oh man okay oh, i i want to i'm kind of go- like vaguely uh, chronologically flipping through my notes, uh, uh, you know, as the movie goes along. But one of my favorite parts of the movie is where the friend, uh, like Rosemary, makes friends with the woman who's living with the what are the Cassavettes yeah. or whatever, and then she throws herself. Well, she yeah, she throws herself out the window, right, and and kills herself. Mm-hmm. And but man, I love the way then then the Cassavettes walk up, and one of my favorite things ever is when the cop. The cop is like, "Oh, you know this young lady? Well, brace yourself for some bad news. She's dead." <laughs> but it was so like so mid-century. You ought to brace yourself some bad news. I'm afraid, like just the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the costume, the costume that was that was a choice. Those costumes. Oh they're yeah. Like, as soon as they're walking up, you're like, "Who are these people?" Like, yeah. there's nothing subtle about them either, yeah. which I think is kind of ironic for who they who they are she, she looks like the grandma from like the national lampoon's christmas vacation or the aunt the old aunt <laughs> that like puts a cat in a, in a box and wraps it. Yeah. well i think i think she had Ray, a lot of she died 30 years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. the blessing <laughs> the blessing <laughs> i've seen that a lot lately <laughs> on t-shirts it's like the blessing. <laughs> With the hands through the teeth. The blessing. Yeah. But yeah, Ruth Gordon is her name. Ruth Gordon is the actress. And she's okay. really interesting because she, she won the Academy Award for this. Yeah. For the best, best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Um, and she was also, she played Maud in Harold and Maud. Um, and she, like, I, I don't want to say they're the same character, but there's a lot of similarities. And, like, she is perfect. For each of these roles, like she's just so convincing, it's 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 astounding, you know. And it's it's crazy because she is not somebody. It took her a long while to get her career going, as I as I read after after watching last weekend. So yeah, really really interesting. Yeah. Well, do, do you guys think that that lady, the the uh, the lady that she makes friends with, was like pushed off the top? My well, go ahead, Corey. Sorry. Oh uh, no, I was just, my assumption what. Well, and I don't want to spoil. I okay. Here, my assumption. My assumption was that she was they they impregnated her with the devil spawn, or that yeah. they were attempting to, and she committed suicide before it could happen. And the whole time, and this might kind of spoil a headcanon I was leaning toward. Oh, okay. But but I thought that Rosemary, Rosemary's, uh, fate was going to be foreshadowed by that woman's fate. 
And I thought everything was leading leading up to Rosemary jumping off of a building, um, kind of mirroring what happened to that woman. That that was my assumption was that she she's could, wearing the necklace. Yeah, she's wearing the necklace. Yeah, and that and that she would kill herself rather than give birth to or. You know, at the end of the movie, I was half expecting her to grab the baby and jump out the window. And I thought, oh, interesting. I thought she was going to grab that upside down crucifix and just start stabbing away. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought that's what she was going to do. That's so, I, um, line in the dream she has, because Rosemary goes to sleep that night after, I don't know, I guess just in her dream, you can hear, because there's that partition, it's not a wall between Guy and Rosemary's bedroom and the, the apartment next door, so you can hear them kind of fighting, and she says something to the effect of like, I told you not to tell her ahead of time, I know she wouldn't be open-minded, or something like that, leading me to believe that they told that that friend, Terry Giannopoli, oh, that that's that what happened, okay. and that's what drove her to jump. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. That's what I think now too. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's it's. I don't know. And then it's interesting because like how quickly because you, I thought something similar. Where I was like, oh my god! I really initially I thought um, they pushed Terry, where it had something to do with that because they saw Rosemary and like, oh, who's better than this? And like we have guy who probably <laughs> sold out or whatever. But it didn't, yeah, but then it's like, wait, that couldn't have happened because they didn't meet. Like, the, when Rosemary met the cast of Etsy, was when uh, she had, when when they found that, that this girl, Terry, had uh, killed herself. Yeah. So so they didn't know each other beforehand. They couldn't have been. I think they did. I have a, I have a theory, and that's cause, because I like movies that have, have influence by, like, some cult, like, cult influence. Those, uh, those are my favorites. There's a couple of them like hereditary and midsummer yeah, yeah. which which i gotta say brent i i, I was gonna mention hereditary because I, I feel like there's a i feel like hereditary was heavily influenced by rosemary's baby i, I would be surprised Thanks for if saying that. Yeah. i thought so too yeah i was like oh this was the blueprint this movie yeah to have something okay so like um anthony i know you're not so have you seen either of those two movies no fantastic so like in a movie where it's like the 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 horror is a cult is is involved it's like they've set up a rube goldberg machine (laughs) and one person is the ball yeah they orchestrate something perfectly through the whole movie where that person follows the exact path that this cult wants to which which is fun to think about because it's like conspiracy like oh like how many people were involved to like make it to that happen so like i had this idea so i'm like reverse engineering it based on other movies from more recent times that like guy had already known it was a, was as a member right and also like the doctor like her regular doctor also a member of the cult and that guy pretends he's a fucking actor right he pretends to not like the apartment at first pretends to not want to meet the neighbors at first you know with this idea that like he'll get her to enjoy you know he knew she would like the apartment Mm-hmm. And just orchestrate this whole thing leading to like, he lets the devil do it with his lady, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I, I, that's a key point that you brought up too, that he's an actor. Yeah. Like that, you know, you can't have like, it's viable because he acts. Such a he's been in a couple things, mainly commercials. <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, Brent, like, Brent, like, he, and then no, actually, Brent, sp- specifically, 
He was in the plays Luther and Nobody Loves an Al Albatross and some assorted television and radio, as we're told again and again and again by Rosemary. That's so funny. I love that. Like, Rosemary's like, so awesome. We know Luther, Nobody Loves an Albatross. <laughs> but even that is a really interesting thing because, you know, this movie is full of Easter eggs, like throughout. And if you, okay, Luther obviously is, is the, the Protestant version of Catholicism. The movie makes plenty of, of, of um, references to Catholicism insofar as like the calendar. Like if you notice when she she writes, she has to go get blood taken, right? Yeah. And she's like, okay, the, the doctor says, I'll see you on Monday morning. She writes the word blood in red letters on the calendar on November 1st. What, I tell, is November 1st? All Saints Day. So like they do these little oh. things where it's like, oh. Wow, they really play with you. When is she due with this baby? She's due June of nineteen sixty-six. Six, six, six. An albatross is a uh, it's it's a charm that nobody wants to see. I looked it up. It's like the sign of a bad omen. So so like all these little things. It's like oh my god. Like I don't know. For me, it was just like especially because it's so it's there and it's kind of overt, but it's not. You know what I mean? Like you don't think too deeply into it. You know, when I first saw it at the age of whatever I was, sixteen, seventeen, I was like. Oh my god, I get it. Yes, you know. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's and I love and and my favorite movies, my favorite books, like my favorite uh hip hop albums, like my like every it's like you can enjoy it on a surface level, you can enjoy it on this one level, but then the deeper you dive into it, like you're there are always you just peel these layers away. And just enjoy it on a deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper level, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Even the colors. Yeah. Like, the cut, like the usage of the red and the yellow and even the blue is really, really interesting because, you know, you, you after a while, you're noticing, okay, the yellow is like rosemary. Everything is, you know, um, happy and, and there's hope involved and there's a baby and she's wearing yellow at all these times. And, you know, even when Roman finds out that or celebrates that, that uh, she's pregnant, he's wearing yellow. And then anytime there's red involved, it has something to do with the devil. And the night the baby was conceived, the devil was conceived, Rosemary was wearing red. Even the fact that her name is Rosemary, like you're taking Mary, the biblical figure, and putting a red figure in front of her. Like, oh, yeah. Brilliant. You know, Damn, so yeah. really, really interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Shit. Well, yeah, that's it. I hadn't considered that. That's awesome. Um, but I also like I like when she they meet Roman for the first time, and this is just something that made me laugh. Where he was like, uh, he was like, yeah. Well, first he fills all of their glasses. He's like, whoops, I filled all of our glasses too full. But he filled not just one, but four wine glasses <laughs> overflowing, yeah. so they were spilling. Like he made the same mistake four times. Uh, That's a good host right there. But the, <laughs> yeah, I, I I'd take it. I'd be fine with that. But then he. He's like, name a place, name any place, and I've been there. <laughs> like, I've been there. I've, I've been... been there too. <laughs> it's like, have you been to Anchorage, Alaska? Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, but I like, like, not only has he been to Anchorage, Alaska, he's like, oh, I've been to Anchorage. Yeah, how pedestrian. Let me tell you about these smaller Alaskan towns that I've also been to. <laughs> I think it was Fairbanks or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. But he was a cool guy. You know, it made me like, I know that like overall that was a horrendous place to live, but the apartment life there almost seemed kind of cool. 
What in New, in like, New York? You know, like you could just like go like have this like really like fancy dinner at like your buddy's house that lives like two doors down, and then just yeah, like yeah. stumble back to your own apartment. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I, like I I had the thought while watching this movie, I was like, who can fucking afford to live in a nice New York apartment on one salary of a semi-successful <laughs> actor at that time? I was like. I was like, this seems completely unrealistic. But then I read reviews from that, from when the movie came out, that they were like, oh yeah, this is a very realistic, like, you can see, like, you can think of people you know that are really like this, and it seems like a very realistic, and I was like, really? Has shit slid, has shit gotten so bad since then that, I don't know, was there really a point in time where people could afford to live in New York on one, like, somewhat successful salary? Cause, cause that's, so that's not, not even just in New York, but that, okay. I don't know if they mentioned this in the film. Actually, I don't think they did. So it's actually not, not, um, you know, applicable here, but I will share that apartment building is on central park West. It's on one of the, one of the side streets. It's the Dakota in real life. And actually, I don't know if you know this, but that's he, John Lennon got uh, assassinated right in front of that building. Oh, really? So, yeah. So right. it's a really, really interesting. Nevertheless, the size of that, 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 apartment like i can't even imagine what it would go for today right i cannot even imagine what it would go for today. you would need to yes. be funded by a cult to be able to <laughs> oh, <wow>. right yeah <laughs> well and that's and that's the thing like i wonder like is it a realistic depiction of what things were were like at that time or is it a thing of like I don't know, even like the TV show Friends in the 90s which i i never really watched but my mom my sister was a big fan of where it was like no, that's not a realistic, like nobody would be able to like afford to live the lifestyle of the friends without working at a coffee shop. Yeah. Just like living out of a coffee shop, never having to go to work. Like, not, right. you know, it's like an unrealistic depiction of what uh, somebody's life would be like, you know. But I think the idea is to like put yourself in their shoes and be like, that would be awesome. Right. All I got to do is make some coffee. And I get to live there and meet <laughs> awesome people, my friends. Right. Like, that's what they want you to do. Right. You know? Well, that, and, they are my friends. They want you to be the thing they were, right? <laughs> well, and, that, and that's, that's kind of my question is, like, is, yeah. is, this, is this, like, this life they're living in Rosemary's Baby, is that, like, wish fulfillment? Or is that, like, an, an accurate depiction of a lifestyle someone could have lived in 1968? You know what I mean? I'm going to say, okay, so 1960s New York, you're talking about, like, let's just take from a cultural perspective, Lincoln Center, brand new. Like, yeah. it's not even completely up yet. I think it was the 1960s that it, that it was, was uh, established. Um, you know, New York City itself was, was a, you know, a, a, just a uh, homestead for plenty of immigrants for, for decades before that. Uh, so I'm going to say that it was plausible that you could find an apartment in a decent neighborhood for a, a decent rent. Do yeah. I think that size of apartment for that size of rent, like we had said with somebody who's been in just Luther and nobody loves an albatross. 
No, I don't think so. At all. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> yeah, and it must have been real cheap because even like the the realtor person or the owner of the building was like, "Yeah, they, we found her dead body right over there." Sorry, we haven't moved <laughs> well, no. her shit out yet. <laughs> well, no, they, yeah. they they asked the guy, if she died in the apartment, but they made a point to say, "Oh, no, 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 she died in like hospice or whatever." Oh, okay. But yeah. All right. yeah, but yeah, <laughs> fast forward to New York, twenty twenty three. I don't think anybody's gonna care. Yeah, like, yep, no. Yep. no, 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 no one's like would waiting care. for people to die. <laughs> Yeah. No, she's still on the couch. It's fine. I'll move it. Right. Yeah. But you know, but like even, you know, 15, 20 years ago, not even this long ago, like less than 20 years ago, you know, I had like a fairly nice one bedroom apartment in Bloomington, Indiana for $300 a month. Right. Like 300, that's it. $300 a month. I had like a pretty decent one bedroom apartment, you know, and I, I like, I don't know where you'd even find that that nowadays you know i will tell you the last apartment we had which is now an hour train right out of the city out of new york city was um what were we paying i think we were paying 1900 <laughs> yeah for, that's yeah, sounds right expensive. that's twice as much as my mortgage payment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's it's new york you know it's just that's the tri- the nature of the beast so but back then it was still probably more expensive than other places but i don't think it was that expensive it's just a very different time i'm also trying to think of like my own like grandparents who are about of that age i think it was just the cultural expectation of the time yeah yeah well and he, yeah. like even like you could work as a garbage man in new york city and probably like my, my grandfather did grandma didn't work um they lived no sorry they lived in staten island okay. i don't so he wasn't probably a garbage man in new york city but on staten island and they had a nice house it wasn't like yeah. huge or anything but it was like a, it was okay house yeah, well, it's like yes. like my, like my grandparents had a nice house, like they had a nice life in in Bloomington, Indiana, right? And I don't know that I don't think she ever worked, but he was he was a musician, right? Like he would just like play, and I think he played with Lawrence Welk and like uh, I I don't know, I know like Kenny Arnoff who was like Mellencamp's drummer. He's a, he played with the Smashing Pumpkins. He's a well known drummer, but like my like my grandfather has played like. He's, he's had success playing music, but he's not a household name. He's not like, nobody knows who Phil Spaulding is. Right. But, but I don't know. They were able to like live in Indiana with like, uh, the, with his wife not working and him being like a decent musician, <laughs> like, you know, and they were able to, mm-hmm. able to raise a family on that, you know? Yeah. Different times. Yeah. I feel like it was it was so much better, easier to like graduate high school, get a college degree back then. Like it seemed like there was just no accountability for stuff, and people were fine. <laughs> you know, like everything was okay. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, it didn't take a million dollars to just fucking do anything. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's rough any. Anyway, I want to the the next thing in my notes that I really want to talk about is the this dream sequence with and and the interesting thing where there there are no supernatural uh happenings in the movie out outside of her dream sequence. So like really you can chalk everything in the movie up to oh, she's just a hysterical woman. She's just being paranoid. Like there's nothing overtly supernatural happening in the movie until maybe the end when she sees the baby um so i think i want to talk about that i think that's interesting i think that whole dream sequence is really interesting 
And I also want to talk about how afterwards uh, she wakes up the next morning. She's got scratches on her body, whatever. And she says, I dreamt I was raped by something inhuman. And her husband, who admits to just like having sex with her while she's asleep, he takes offense to that. Like not the fact that he just like slept with her while she was asleep. He raped her. But the fact that she thinks it's inhuman. That's the thing. He takes issue with the fact that she calls I was raped by something inhuman, uh, almost as if his his opinion is like, no, 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 you were just raped by your husband. It's fine, you know, like because he didn't want to save you. Nice. God forbid she, you know, got to you know experience the experience. He didn't want to save you. Nice. Yeah, right. Which is something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the first thing you said already? I can't remember. Oh, the dream sequence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was... Okay, for me, there are two creepy, creepy parts in this movie, right? Like, well, there are a few, but the one, the creepiest, that's still even... I know it's movies, I know it's costume, but the the the, the devil with the feathers, like, his hands moving up and down her body, and then, like, you can tell, like, just the, 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 the overall movement of the action with his, you see his back and his face and her face moving back and forth with it. And she's, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that creeped me the fuck out. I could not handle that. That and when she says she stops like out of nowhere. And after all the pain that she's having, she's like, it kicked. I feel it. It kicked. I don't know why, but it, it just made my skin crawl. That yeah. she's carrying like the devil and everything. Oh my god, that made my skin crawl. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh god. Yeah. Well, and and the, and, the that, and that that's. It's. I was gonna say that scene especially because she's like in pain this whole time. She's been in agony for like the whole first trimester, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in the middle of this argument, she's like, "Oh wait, it kicked," and she's like elated. She's so happy that everything's fine. And despite these like months of suffering she's gone through, that she thinks her baby's going to be fine and everything's going to be going to be okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when she starts like being more on board with like taking the drink again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever was in that. Yeah, you know, I think the movie. There, there are very few points in this movie where where any questions that you have can't be answered like where you know she especially in the movie okay in the book it mentions that she has a friend but in the in the movie um you know she's from this she's from the midwest and she's very young and there's like this all this naivete around her and it's like well that's why you know everything is not like she thinks everything is okay because she hasn't really seen you know somebody be pregnant she's never been pregnant before like she's fine like there's a simplicity to her as a backstory that i think also feeds into why this story works yeah well and and it's such i mean like uh, you know i've i've fortunately like never been in an abusive relationship or like been super close to an abusive relationship but like I feel like abusive relationships 101 is like they want to detach you from your family. They want to they want to isolate you. They want to cut off like any avenue of, uh, you know, rescue or salvation, your friends, your family, whatever. And that's that's exactly what happens to Rosemary in this movie is they they want to, you know, chop off any uh, access to anything outside of this satanic cult, you know. Oh yeah, he tears he tears into the into her friends like a lot. Yeah, it's like what did those bitches say to you? Yeah, just it, it, it's so weird. Like when when he, when she, when the doctor's like, I think it's the doctor is saying like, you shouldn't be reading anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no more books. 
And then she's reading a book and it's away from her. Like, and like a child, he puts it like on top shelf. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so we, like, I immediately had this like flashback of when we watched the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Have you ever seen that one, Anthony? <laughs> no. <laughs> so there's this, so they're they're trying to capture the the creature, right? And so it's like it's like five like manly men, and one and, and like a scientist who's like a guy's guy kind of thing, you know. And his girlfriend, the boat, and all the men are scuba divers and they're looking for the creature. And there's a scene where like the the girlfriend confronts her boyfriend and she's like, "Oh, oh man, oh gee, it would be so amazing to go down there and scuba dive down there and see the world that's underneath the water. I've always fantasized about how amazing it would be." And then the next line is the guy's like. Yeah, it's pretty great. And he walks away from her. <laughs> yeah. Just like, it, like, that like, oh, that's your dream? Okay, yeah, no. no yeah. Women He'd be like, do that. And yeah. he just like walks. He's like, yeah. Like, He's so like, yeah. Weird. Sure would be great if there were some way for a woman to do that. But there's not. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, you brought up the dream sequence. And I think it's interesting because that was one thing that always, like, not perplexed me, but like, because there is so much in the way of somewhat deeper meaning when you watch this it's like okay well what are we doing here we're just setting up the stage that like she's vivid dreaming and you know she's she's on a mattress that's floating in the ocean like yeah okay are we setting up a feeling here you know that part that struck me obviously mentioned the kennedys who were the first catholic um president's family and the pope was in there as well um so 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 you know playing on that i don't really necessarily think they had to go like not go there but like okay it's there you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't, I don't see any deeper um, development of the story with the presence of, of the Kennedys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you guys do, and I'm totally off. You know, um, but the dream sequence itself, you know, was was interesting. Very, very interesting. The typhoon coming from London that killed 55 people and it's setting. You know, whatever it was, it, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's and there's. And I, I do not have a fully formed thought on this. I'm just kind of going to pull a bunch of stuff out of my ass. But, um, you know, I, I saw a couple things about how, you know, there was a large satanic movement on the rise at this point in time. It kind of as a as a counterbalance to the prevalence and the, the you could say the oppression of Christianity in the United States. And I think what what I understand the Church of Satan to be nowadays are people who do not actually believe in Satan. It's just a bunch of people who are like, look, if you want to be able to put the Ten Commandments on this public property, then we have freedom of religion. You also have to put like whatever. You have to let us put this picture of Satan or the statue of Satan on this property, whatever, which I'm totally down for. I get it. I'm, I'm with that. Um, but the movie seems to have an an anti i don't know kind of a a stance against that kind of thing while also uh taking a stance against conformity and you know like like we talked about before it's like it's it's a feminist picture it's it's anti-conformity you know the whole movie they're trying to get rosemary to conform to what they're doing and their idea of whatever and she keeps trying to deviate from the norm but it's interesting that the norm in this movie, uh, as opposed to the norm in the United States, you know, if you want to view this movie as a microcosm of the United States, the norm in this movie, as opposed to, to, to the norm of Christianity, which is the uh, assumed norm of the United States, it's 
the worship of Satan. So again, I don't have a point with this. I'm just kind of talking out of my ass. And I, I, I don't know. This is something I'd like to explore and think about a little bit more. Well, I also think you're right because even in she's in the doctor's office, and I think they they talk about the larger scale movement in the Time magazine with the is God is God dead, dead yeah headline. yeah so they're they're you know it's 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 a, it definitely does a good job of posing that question yeah yeah the fam- which I think that's right Nietzsche is God dead and and at the end it's like and I love not to jump I guess we'll just jump right to the end here but I love where they're. They're like rejoicing in the birth of the Antichrist. And it, I was laughing. I thought it was where they're like, hail Adrian, hail Adrian. Like, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. The year is one. <laughs> the year is one. Hail Adrian. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's something. It's absolutely something. And then I also think the other thing that like, it's interesting, literally, you need to see of the baby for the movie to be about the baby. Yeah. Right? Like, we didn't see any of it. The only, like, even when the baby was born, all we saw was Rosemary's face, which, like, I mean, said enough. Like, few times in life have I made that face ever. And the recent one I can imagine is when a friend of mine brought her dog over, and the dog somehow went into my deck and came out with something. I don't know what it was. It was a dead animal. But in my mind, I was like, it's a toy. You found a toy. And I was like, no, we're outside. And I was like, oh my God, what do you have in your mouth? Like, that's, you know, yeah. that's the last time I made that face when there was a dead animal in my friend's dog's mouth, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think we, you know, we've talked on this podcast plenty of times about how uh, showing the monster, showing the creature, showing whatever is just, it just will never be as effective as the suspense leading up to it and what you imagine it's going to be like. And the reveal, no matter how great it is, no matter how great the makeup is, the, the effects are, whatever, it's always going to be something of a letdown to whatever it is you might've been expecting, you know? You know what's interesting too is, did you guys were you able to catch the 2014 remake? I, no, um, I I read about it, but I never saw it. No. So it's on YouTube. You can watch it free with some ads. Um, and and unlike the original, the remake kind of uses the the textbook kind of uh, horror film, you know, toolbox like the creepy sound. I mean, this one granted had creepy sound effects, but you know, the over the top nefarious characters the the um the gore the blood and all of that and it was like all right like this is like it was it kind of it kind of watched like a lifetime movie which <laughs> which is part of the reason i had to go like <laughs> and that's the other thing lifetime movies let's talk about them for a second i imagine a lifetime movie to be like a group of adults who are all friends get together and say hey guys let's take a movie and like from the get-go, from the costume to the script to everything, it's just all amateur stuff. And like, that's to me what a lifetime movie is. So I, I could not get through it. But, um, <laughs> but um, it was, you know, it, 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 I think it, it loses a little bit because of that. Other things, which I'll talk about later, um, you know, also take away from from moving this movie into the future. But for the most part, I, I think it's way more effective without all of that. Yeah. Was that, was that, and was that Zoe Saldana? Uh, in the, was she Rosemary? Yeah. Okay. The premise is they move from New York 
to Paris. The, the bulk of the movie is, is uh, takes place in Paris. So she's removed in that regard from her friends uh, and her, her safety network. And they meet uh, Roman and Margot Castavet. Now, Margot Castavet, this was the most striking thing of the entire... I watched the original. I watched part of the remake. The most striking thing to me about this whole Rosemary's Baby thing, Margot Castavet in the 2014 remake looks exactly like Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> if you don't know Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend who trafficked all the women for him. It was like, a, it was like, how could, did they, like, that was 10 years ago that they canceled this movie, and yet the prevalence of her spirit and all of that, you know what I mean? Like, her presence is, is, is here. Like, how do they not know? And then it just, like, made yeah. sense. It was like, Rosemary's been trafficked. Like, Rosemary was trafficked the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Another thing, a couple things I want to bring up, and then we should get into head cannons and and kind of get going here. But the uh, this was produced by William Castle, who is a uh, he's a well known uh, you know director of some renown. He did a bunch of B movies. Uh, Brent, we talked about him. We did his movie, The Tingler. I think it's a nineteen fifty nine movie, yeah. The Tingler. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but he he was known That's for like one. these like he would put movies out and they would have these big spectacles and like he put vibrators in the seats or like things to, uh, yeah. anyway, uh, there's a movie, I think it's called matinee with John Goodman where he plays like a William castle type character. And he, that guy almost directed this movie, but they got Polanski in here and he just ended up directing. Um, but I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting that William castle was so involved here in this movie. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was just Mia Farrow, who did such a great job as Rosemary. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, how, how great is her performance? Mm-hmm. But also her, her relationship with Frank Sinatra, of all people, and the fact that when she was considering this role, I guess she had him read the script, and he, like, read it in bed with her. And, like, put the script aside and was like, nah, I can't see you in this role. Like, no. Was just, like, against it from the very start. And served her divorce papers while they were filming this movie. Like, in the most humiliating way possible. Okay. Like, served her divorce papers. And, uh... Yeah. And, yeah. While, while Kara and I were watching this, I was reading some, uh, some facts about it. And I saw that one. And it reminded me of the reanimator when the guy... The old, the old guy started like, like putting the moves on the lady on the table, okay. and his, and in real life, his wife was watching the scene being made, and she divorced him like the next day. Yeah, like, <laughs> that. So what, you were saying like he couldn't handle it. Like, I would have. I mean, I probably would have a hard time too. Honestly, that'd be hard. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I guess the what? Well, <laughs> and and that scene, man. I, I don't know. I love the Reanimator. It's a great movie. I don't know if you would make it that same way today. Like it's a guy's decapitated head, like going down on a woman against her will. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, it's pretty, it's, it's a lot. Nothing about that. Nothing about that sounds enjoyable to me. It's a, Anthony, it doesn't to us either. These are the movies that these freaks that we have as guests come on and bring us. It's a lot. dude, you're the classiest person we've had on. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. It's it's a lot, and yeah, I don't know, but it, yeah, apparently his wife uh w- watched the scene and was like, "No, absolutely not." But she watched it being filmed. Being filmed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so so Sinatra left her uh, during during the film, which what a, you know, just what a shit move. You know, she's trying to do her thing, and um, will you help me with the time? Were you? Are you? Oh, sorry. Was there any more to that? I, I didn't mean to. No, good. What's the what's the um what's the timeline between this movie coming out and Sharon Tate being murdered? That's a good question because she, she was, was at, she was murdered with Roman Polanski's baby in her belly. Yeah, and she she's actually in this movie. She's a party goer. Yeah. So she was yeah. more she was murdered shortly thereafter. But let me see. Was it in 1971? Do I get a prize tonight? That sounds that's yeah. somewhere around then. That sounds right. Uh, by yeah, by Charles Charlie Manson's si- sixty nine. Sixty nine. Nineteen sixty nine. August ninth. Next year. Sixty nine, yeah. yeah. So it was around the same time and, and I I read that Polinsky kinda wanted her in this role, but there was a producer and other people kind of pulling for other people. And I think I'm glad they went with Mia Farrow. I think she knocked it out of the park, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, Well, was there anything else? The only other thing I have in my notes here was just the big, like she was turning the channels on the TV with a fucking brick, like the remote control from 1968. <laughs> it was so big and bulky. I was like, that thing yeah. is fucking ridiculous. Like who designed that? Yeah. It's um, like, who are you, Zach Morris calling your dad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And the way they watched TV was so awkward. Like I could almost see like, okay, if you were a dude that like was into sports, maybe you would watch TV like on, on a little like like a director's chair but without an without a back but it's the size of a stool like sitting in front of the tv like like you're nine right like maybe like if you're watching sports you'd want to get up or something and cheer i don't know i don't watch them when guy was watching the tv is that what you're talking about yeah and he's yeah, he, he's like he's, he's like six inches yeah, from Rosemary it watches like a whole thing and she's like hmm. uh, two feet away from the tv on this like stool that's how they watch tv back then i guess in their yeah. seven million dollar apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. There were. I did read and I watched Roseanne did a spoof on this on her on on the show back in the nineties. Um. And that was very interesting. Where Darlene was the pregnant one, and she's you know like they had the. I did watch the show. Absolutely fabulous. From it was an import. Well, not even import. It was British. Not you can't even say it was import. Yeah. But like they had yes, them on. Darlene. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. That, so they were on that. It was it was a hoot. It was good. It was I recommend that. Um, and then yeah, I don't know. That's that's it. Absolutely you know? fabulous is one of like my I don't know. That's that's one of my influences for sure. Just being a little kid with a TV in my bedroom with the rabbit ears on top. I got a PBS <laughs> channel and got that show. Yeah. In the evening and just freaking loved it. Mm-hmm. So good. It good. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, is there anything else uh, y'all want to talk about before we dive into head cannons and kind of wrap up here? I would watch this movie over and over and over again. It's you know, good. I guess the last thing we didn't mention that I think is worth mentioning because it's kind of impressive is that there was a point at which she was going to she was going back to the original Doctor Who. Very pregnant at this point. It's like hot. You can tell it's hot out. And she walks across the street like in the middle of traffic. And like that was legit. Like there was yeah. there was I read that you know. Polanski had said, like, no one's going to hit a pregnant woman. And, like, you could tell, like, nobody hits a pregnant woman, but they got awfully close. It was, yeah. That was interesting. So, well, and yeah, I, yeah I, re- I read that he filmed it with a handheld camera because nobody else would do it, would just, like, wander off into traffic. And it's just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. To me, it's, like, indicative of, like, 
that kind of filmmaking where, and I think I, it kind of, it clicked for me because I, I, right before we started recording, I watched a video of Tarantino, like praising Polanski in this movie and everything. And, you know, Tarantino put, uh, he and Uma Thurman haven't really worked together since Kill Bill because he put her in that situation, that dangerous situation where she was driving a car and she actually crashed and fucked up her spine and like, you know, Tarantino put her in danger for this film project. And I don't know. It just kind of all, it it like all seemed like part and parcel of the same, like, you know, no, we must, we're doing art here. If we, if we injure you or like demean you or dehumanize you or whatever, like it's in the name of art. It's okay. You know? And I think, and Sharon Tate's in his once upon a time in Hollywood as well, which is interesting. Yeah. And so is Polanski is too, actually. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 So I should watch that again. Yeah. I should, I think when I, I watched it one time when it first came out and I was like, oh, I think this is my least favorite Tarantino movie, but I should watch it again. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Brad Pitt's in that. And I saw a Brad Pitt movie. I got, I got some time at work today to watch seven. Yeah. Oh, that's and, a good one. Yeah, right? I hadn't seen it for a long, like, since I was, like, a, a teenager, perhaps. But, like, I don't know if you remember, but, like, the ending is, near the ending, it, it's it's Kevin Spacey, right? He's the killer. And he's walking into the police station, all, and his hands are completely filled with blood, right? Yeah. And, and, and after they clean him up, a guy goes, okay, we found... We found like three sets of blood, you know, we, um, <laughs> and, and and there's a third blood that we don't know whose it is. And it was foreshadowing. And but I was thinking, like, like, how did he go deliver the package with like Gwyneth Paltrow's blood all over his hands? Like he had to go, he had to bring it to a post office to be delivered to the station. But then he goes immediately to the police station completely covered in blood that's a good question do you think and i I hope we do an episode on seven because i love that movie but do you think do you think maybe he like killed her washed it like put her head in a box washed up took her to the post office went back dipped his hands back in the blood and then he went and turned himself in you know he just put his hands into her neck like the yeah just like (laughs) this will be dramatic yeah they will like you know, just a little, <laughs> just a little dollop. I don't know. It, 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 that movie held up so well since the last time I saw it. It was so good. It's good. I haven't seen it in a few years. I watched it a few years ago, but yeah, it's 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 good. It's a great movie. It's a really good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. That's yeah. A, yeah. You know, I, I, I s- want to watch that one again. I saw a joke. I think it was probably on Twitter. Somebody said recently they were like. Uh, they were like, you know, like Gwyneth Paltrow's done good stuff. She's been in the Marvel universe and stuff ever since, um, you know, she was in Seven. But she really hasn't done anything that great since Seven. And I, you know, I feel like she really should have quit while she was ahead. Yeah, there you go. That's awful. Yeah, that's a, not the content is a really bad joke. I, <laughs> I do have one last question about this movie, and I've been kind of wrestling it with it the entire week in some ways the movie is very timely like i feel like now is the time where we're talking a lot about human trafficking about feminism about things like that in other ways this movie does not work for 2023 because if you put a phone in rosemary's hand the movie's done yeah. you know what i mean like she has access to the 
to the to the world around him. Could they do this? I would be curious to have to see how anybody would do this movie in 2022. Because yes, she had a phone in 2014. I stopped watching. I have no idea what happened in 2014. Yeah. To be honest with you, but who would she call? Hey, I think Satan is in my body. Like I. Yeah. See, I, 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 I think that you was... know she's got some girlfriend who would believe this shit. Like some crystal-loving yeah. girlfriend, I'm sure would be all oh, about this. Right. And be like. Yeah, like, look, you got to use essential oils on your belly. Right. And you'll be... No offense yeah. to crystals or essential oils, but you know that if you're in Rosemary's situation, that those are the people to go to. Yeah. See, I, yes. I think there's there's two ways to go about it. Either okay. uh, her husband takes her phone away from her or, like, limits her in that way, right? And that's just another aspect of control. Or they get a friend... He puts parental controls on it, like, in... Something. She can only use it for three hours at a day. Yeah. Something like that. Or they get her friends involved as well. And her crystal loving, uh, essential oil recommending friend is in on the shit, you know? So and they're rubbing like liquid tannis root on her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, look, you just got to rub that tannis, that essential tannis root into your belly, you know? Kara told me that's not real. That stuff isn't real. But I've seen it in video games. Oh, really? <laughs> and it's yeah. It's not real. But my, my son plays a game called Skyrim and it's like it's like a, a craftable item or whatever. Really? I that's I'm I'm sure that's gotta be a reference to Rosemary's baby. I'm sure it is. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Would you wear something around your neck that was worn by a a bloody dead person that also smells like shit. Nope. You know, nope. Who's, you guys, I'm sure know the Christmas story where where it comes down the stairs in the pink Easter outfit, and the mother's like, "You'll only wear it when she's around." Like you'd probably just wear it whenever you see them, and that's that. Like, right. That, yeah. You know. And it yeah. smells like that lady's house, like yeah. probably. <laughs> no, that gift was meant for like some like <laughs> some kid that died like in the 30s. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sat in her basement. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Awesome. Next week, we're talking about the 2022 German film *The Privilege*. So be sure to check that out. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. And as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Head Cannon, on Instagram at Head Cannon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod. And you can always follow the subreddit r slash horror movie pod. Well, uh, do you all have a headcanon you want to dive into or I can go first? It doesn't matter to me. Um, I have a little something. Go ahead. You guys go. I have a little something. It's not really a headcanon, but, you know. I mean, yeah. All right. I'll go. All right. Go ahead. Go so, ahead, Anthony. <laughs> they're big into uh, anagrams. And uh, as far as the name, the anagrams was a big part of this. So, you know, while we were just talking right here, I was just playing around with my own name. And uh, if I had to title my autobiography, it would be Hot Natty Brain Food. <laughs> this would be my anagram of my name, autobiography, done. Yeah. There you go. Hot Natty Brain Food. I love it. That's freaking awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's my head count. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. What about what about you, Brent? What's your headcanon? I was thinking about like a more modern version of it. And I, I wrote this and then we were talking about there is a modern version of it. But like, I was thinking like a more modern version of this would be more like that 
don't know, maybe Guy should have just asked her if, like, she would do it. <laughs> right. Like, ask ask if she was interested. Get? Like, do you know what we could get if we just, like, have the baby? You know, like, they're offering me film roles. Imagine what you could get, you know, Rosemary. <laughs> you know? And then they should have, like, changed Guy's name to Bro. Yeah. <laughs> they just said, like, if she would, like, that, this I'm sure is what happened with the Kardashians. It's like, that's like, it must have been like, you know, it's like, sell your soul to the devil and you can get fame. Right. Yeah. Are you cool with that? Yeah. No, I like that. And that, you know, that's interesting. That could be an interesting take on, like you said, the Kardashians and selling your soul for fame. And, and yeah, I think there's a really interesting take there. I like that. Yeah. They wouldn't have even had to give her the drink. Like, I didn't understand a lot of that. Like, she was on board with having a baby. Like, this is not my headcanon. This is, like, the actual movie. If she was going to have the baby, like, why not just let her, like, have the, like, why all the secrecy anyway? Yeah. I think, you know, oh, go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. No, oh, what I was going to say is that there, there was one thing that really does not translate well from the book into the movie is that, that the drink tons- grows, the, grows the Satan dick. I'd imagine that's got <laughs> The drink is like... <clears throat> <laughs> the puppies are on sale is that what you're talking yeah. about no yeah. The, uh... yeah. that's what it would look like right we can all agree it would look like a puppy dog like a beagle a beagle's tail yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, I lost my tra- oh the one thing that doesn't really translate well from the book to the movie is the fact that she has the craving for raw meat because you see her eating the raw meat a that. couple times yeah. yeah we didn't talk about but like it, it's unclear in the movie as like is is Sapper's, like the doctor telling her to eat that or like what is driving it because she doesn't talk about what's driving to to you know it's not brought up what's driving um for what is driving her to eat raw meat yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah it's okay I think, I think they should have they should have portrayed her as a vegetarian that she really is Mia Farrow is actually a vegetarian really oh, and. And I read that she she just took one for the team, as they say in that Weezer song. Um, that she that, that that yeah, they should have portrayed her as a vegetarian, and then suddenly it would have been really strange that even more strange that she was yeah. eating meat. I do, I, Brent, I really like I really like your idea for a modern adaptation, and I think I think that would have played into it. Like have Rosemary be a vegan, you know, and then like yeah. all, all of a sudden she's eating this red meat, you know, like raw meat, yeah. I like it. Dude, she does put it on a pan. She puts it on the frying pan for like two seconds. Just a minute. Seconds, right? yeah, right yeah. I'm not on board. Well, and then, and then she, awful. then after that, she like eats raw liver, like not even cooked at yeah. all. Yeah. And all that shit is real, apparently. Like that, like she, it's not movie food. Really? <laughs> yeah. Gross. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up, Anthony. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it struck me too because, because yeah, I remember watching me like, what is this about? And then I looked back in the book, I was like, oh, in the book, she craves it. In the movie, you see her eat it, but you don't know what the story is. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you guys know what happens next? Like, because there's a sequel. I've not touched that. I don't know. Any, movie, I don't know no, anything no, about no. that. No. Yeah. Okay. There's a there's a book. I think he wrote the sequel, Ira Levin. Uh, I think it's called What Happened to Rosemary's Baby. But then. Okay. There's another. There's also a movie that came out in 1976 that depicts the story, but I don't. I don't know to what extent, you know, who was involved from the original film. 
Yeah. He told his band teacher that he had to go to engineering class. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. Well, I think at one at one point there was an adaptation that was going to be directed by Michael Bay, but then it didn't happen. But apparently, it was on like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what would a Michael Bay Rosemary's Baby look like? I have no fucking clue. But that would be amazing. Yeah, just like explosions and fucking. uh, But anyway, so so, baby's waving a little American flag. Yeah, uh, you don't see the baby, of course. It's just, true to the original. just the American you just flag see outside of the crib. It just is like waving yeah. outside of the crib. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my head cannon, my head cannon, my head cannon is really simple and really dumb. Um, it's just Rosemary has that dream sequence, right, where yeah. Satan comes and Satan is you know, having sex with her and doing his thing. Um, and then my head cannon is just afterwards he finishes and he like stands up and there's all these like naked old people around him. And he's like, he's like, okay, well, all right, that's, that's it. And they're like, okay, well we're, we're done. And it's really awkward. It's just like Satan. He's just, he's just calm. All these like old people have watched him do it. And then he's like, I don't know. Do you, do you have any shrimp cocktails? Do you like, I don't know. What do like, what do we, what do we do now? Like, you know, Gladys, you were supposed to, we, we, we decided ahead of time. You were supposed to give me my robe. When I was finished. Yeah. Gladys, where's my robe? She's like, Oh, I forgot it. You know, I didn't. Come on guys. Let's get with the blocking. Yeah. And then she just gets pissed off. Gladys. Gladys. Yeah. Yeah. One guy, one guy brings out the jalapeno poppers, you know, like, yeah, they have a whole party. Yeah. I would like you know, to see an episode that involves Rosemary's baby. Like, who exactly is the father? You know? Like, <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. More. You are not the father, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then you, he goes, oh, yeah. You, yeah, you get you get Maury Povich in there, and he's like, he's like, okay, so Satan, you say you had one night with this Rosemary. And who knows? Maybe it's yours. Maybe it's her husband. Nobody knows, you know. And he's like, "Who? It could. Who knows? I don't think the baby's mine. I don't know. I shouldn't be paying child support, you know. <laughs> I was picturing like filming that scene. Like, did they have to put the guy in the total and all like full body? Like, are there are there is there footage of like more than just like the devil's hand and face? Well, That's it's really interesting because you go from guy to something else to like a picture that looks like guy to with like a little bit of I guess devilish, uh, you know, real life makeup, and then it, uh, before you know it, it's full devil. So like, was it guy that like took the you know the devil took human form in guy, or oh. I'm belching out, or you know, okay. was, <laughs> yeah. or um, was that just her in the dream sequence? wanting to see Guy, and then, like, because don't forget, she only had half of, of whatever the, the you know, you know, drug was. <clears throat> in the oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that, and that's, and I assumed it was Satan in a separate incarnation from Guy, because in her dream, there's a point where Guy asks the old woman, what's her name, Ruth or whatever? Minnie. Minnie, yeah. Ruth Gordon's character. He's like, uh, 
he's like, oh, is she asleep? She's kind of, and, 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 and Minnie is like, no, 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 it's fine. Like stand, you know, and it, and it really feels like guy is just part of the crowd watching what's going on. Uh, you you're know? right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 So maybe not. And, and, so, and so does, does Satan just like appear in their apartment or is, does he, is he like Santa Claus? Does he come down the chimney or does he just like, is it just like, Oh, it, Satan will be here at like seven. Yeah, like he knocks on the door. He knocks on. The, you're right. <laughs> that's like taking dude, the subway. That's that's where that's my head cannon. Is like how what it, logistically what does this look like from the point of view of all of these Satanists watching this happen? Like how does this go down? You know. Yeah. How did that conversation? They're like the best Satan club. Yeah. There's other Satan clubs, and they are the be- They have actual Satan. In their club. <laughs> Does he go to other ones? Is he... Are there other... Are there right. mall Satans? Is that what happens? Like mall Santas? Are there mall yeah. Satans? Yeah. In every city. <laughs> yeah. And he like goes around. This baller. <laughs> man, this baller, dude. He just goes around. He's... Yeah. And he's, then... They... He, he has kids in every zip code. Yeah. Like, <laughs> zip code. <laughs> yeah, he's like... Satan is like, I've got Rose... Mary in different area codes. Area codes. Yeah, area codes. That's what I meant to say. That's fantastic. <laughs> you knew the song. Oh. Awesome. All right. Well, we uh, we should get going. Anthony, is there anything else you want to plug, talk about, point people toward? You have uh, any anything you want to discuss before we wrap up here? Yeah. No. Pure civilian. Hopefully, my kids won't hear this from school and. Uh, that is that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for having me on. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah. Likewise. No. You gotta this think is... of another movie. Yeah. Have you guys ever done any Hitchcock? We haven't yet. Yes. We've we've done no, no Hitchcock. No. Because they did Psycho. You know, I I will gladly come in for Psycho. Um. You know, or The Birds, or really oh, any of that. Yeah. 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 Those are some of my favorite types of movies. Like older older movies are just so much funniness happens in our conversations and, and it's, <laughs> and there's a lot of history there for the serious part of it. That it's great. Yeah. 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 We need, we need to do some Hitchcock for sure. So yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Or, or do you ever, have, like as somebody who like, like I said, horror is not my wheelhouse. So if you ever say like, we want you to watch this and we want like your full, mm. you know, like review and, and what you think, you know, cause I, yes. I am, I am a stranger in a strange land with this. So, you, you know, whatever, whatever. Well, you also, Anthony, back whenever. like, like around, around Halloween time, we did like, Ernest scared stupid. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So, we did the Shawshank Redemption on Monday. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. Our, our, you know, our, that yeah. guy's a little different. He's a loose cannon. Yeah. And it, technically is a Stephen King novella but Stephen King uh-huh. story but our or story our yeah our our interpretation of of horror is like it's pretty loose you know we're, okay yeah so I actually want to tell you a quick funny story about Shawshank Redemption I have a niece she's two and a half my sister enrolled her in like a uh, you know a program that the afternoon is two hours and the first couple of days she was trying to like she was trying to escape like she was trying so hard to escape you don't have to speak through the story you can take your time okay so she was taking, you know, like her book tag off the wall, trying to 
get out of the place or whatever, running, like to the point she hit her head apparently. So I just sent the gif of the Shawshank Redemption where he's in the muddy lake with all the sewage, like looking up at the rain. I was like, this is your daughter on the main thoroughfare of the town where this daycare is. And it was, <laughs> yeah, she did not enjoy that. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, she, called, she crawled through 500 yards of shit. <laughs> I love it. Care in the world, she's getting the hell out. I'm going to school. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have you back, Anthony. Thank you for joining us. This has been a blast. Thank you, everyone at home, Thanks. for listening. And this has been Head Cannon. <laughs>